0: Hello? There we go. Once you switch it on, it, gives, it takes about 10 seconds to kick in. Um, Romans 8. Romans 8. One of my favorite chapters of the Bible. I love it. So I'll be referring to Romans 8 quite a bit. And it's that famous verse in verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, Who? Can be against us. And I think coming into this new year, I certainly want to come in with a, a fresh attitude, a new mindset, living, knowing that God is for me. Not against me, He is for me. And all the good, wonderful things that the Apostle is talking about here, all the grace and the love and the mercy and the forgiveness and the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon us, all of these good things go to show that God is for us. And so I need to carry that into this year. And if you read through this chapter, I would encourage you to go home and read it. It's a brilliant chapter. It's saying those that are controlled by The flesh are mindful of the things of the flesh, but those who are controlled by the Spirit walk in the Spirit and are mindful of the things of the Spirit. And I was reading it this morning. I was thinking, Lord, well, sometimes my mind is not always controlled by the Spirit. Sometimes it's controlled by the flesh. But it's it's who has control of your life? And, And God was sort of saying that to me. But who is in ultimate control of you? And I was just saying back to him, it's you, Lord. You. As if you've saying, yeah, you, you get these slip-ups, you do. These happen. But ultimately, have you put me in control? Is my Holy Spirit in control? And I was I was nodding, going, Yeah, yeah, you're in control. And I was prompted at that time, just this morning, when I was looking and looking over this and i got to keep reminding myself of that. He's in control. He's in control. And if God is for me, then who? Who can stand successfully against me? Who will dare? The apostle used these words. Who will dare come against you? You, if you have Jesus Christ in your life, You are best friends with the God of the universe. He's bigger than you will ever realize. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. The psalmist said these words. Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do? Man can do his, his worst. What can man do to us? All sorts of things. The worst they could do is kill our bodies. But Jesus speaking, he said, look, yeah, they can kill your bodies, but they cannot touch your soul. They cannot touch that which is inside you, your spirit. Matthew 10 and verse 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. In other words, revere God. This, uh, f- this fear he talks about here is not um, a petrified fear. It's a, it's a reverent fear. Revere him. What can man do? They can't take away your eternity. Jesus was telling his disciples that they would face lots of difficult times, lots of hard times. But he wanted them to know that the lord god almighty was on their side and so coming into this year and just like the testimony we heard sometimes we've got to be reminded of haven't we he's on our side he's fighting for us i got three points i just want to bring and they're only brief points it's a very simple message but as i was praying over this and and looking at it, I thought, Lord, I just, I just want to remind myself that you're on my side. It's great to say that we're on his side. Yeah, we, we've joined with him. But he is on our side. He's joined himself with us. We are overseen. We are overseen by the Godhead in eternity. He oversees us. The Godhead. Oversees us. We are represented in eternity. Not just in time. Not just on this earth. But throughout eternity we have a representation. Let's look at these verses in Romans 8. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us. With groanings too deep for words. Sometimes when we don't know what to say. Sometimes when we're in the midst of trouble or chaos or problems. The Holy Spirit will intercede on our behalf. That's when our life is lined up with the Holy Spirit. Once we have the Holy Spirit living within us. Once we have a life controlled by the Holy Spirit. This is what Paul is saying here. You're saying even when you haven't got words, even when you're in the midst of trouble and you're just crying out, just making noises, the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. He's got you. He's on your side. And then verse 34. Who is it then that condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand hand of God and is also interceding so not only does the Holy Spirit intercede for us but Christ himself is interceding he is stepping into the into the gap for us he is speaking up for us so you have two-thirds of the Trinity the Holy Spirit and Jesus speaking on your behalf representing you in eternity So when the accuser comes, and he's called the accuser, the enemy of our soul, Satan, and all his cohorts, and start pointing the finger. Yeah, look what you did last year. Look what you said. Look where you've been. Look at all your weaknesses. Look at your failings. Look at your sin. Look how it's mounting up. And try to parade this stuff before us. Even bring it before God. Say, oh, look at him. Andrew Cleverly. look at him. Who does he think he is? Look at that. Look at this. I don't represent myself. You know, I've been in court a lot in my life. Not, not on the wrong side. The other side. The good side. And I've seen people try to represent themselves. It doesn't go down well. You have to bring in an advocate. You have to bring in someone to represent you. They know how to cross-examine. They know how to speak. Imagine being accused before God. I just thank him. I don't have to represent myself. I have a representative. In fact, I have two. The Holy Spirit speaks on my behalf. And Jesus Christ stands before God on my behalf. So when the accuser comes and he points the finger at all my failings and all my faults and the same for you, Jesus just stands there. I don't even know if he even says anything. Just shows his hands. Amen. Shows his side. And what does God do? Just looks and says, ah, forgiven. Forgiven. Why? Because he is for us. He's not against us. And when we're in that time when we feel absolutely rubbish. When we go through a difficult time. And we don't know what to say to God. We can't even approach him. The Holy Spirit does that for us. And he, he speaks in words that we don't even understand. Because we have a representative. Not just here on earth. Not just in time. But in eternity before God. Because God Almighty is is for you. He has prepared a system where the Godhead represents you. That blew me away. That's how much he's for us. That's how much he stands for us. He pleads on our behalf to himself. It's amazing, isn't it? Why? Because He's for us. Then, secondly, we're not just overseen by the Godhead in eternity. We're over, overseen by the Godhead within time on this earth. While we are here, while we are walking this earth, He is concerned with us. The Bible says he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses. He knows them. He knows everything about you. And he's concerned about you. He's concerned about your relationships. He's concerned about your job. He's concerned about your health. The Bible says that he he helps us in our sicknesses. James 5, 14 and 15 says that we can pray and ask God to to heal us of our sicknesses. He's, He's concerned with that. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says that he, he helps us in our daily walk. He shines a light to our path. He gives us His written words so that we, could, we can delve into it and bring out all these promises and these truths. Why? Because He's for us. I don't know about you, but this year I want to remind myself He's for me. He's for me. He's not against me. He's not working against me. He's not saying no to me all the time because he's, he's fed up with me, because he's disgusted with me, because he's, I'm a disappointment to him. No, he is for us. And if he is for us, who or what can stand against us? Philippians 4 and verse 19 says, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of Of his glory in Christ Jesus. He will meet your needs. We've heard it said so many times. It's not all our wants. It's our needs. Even when things are going against us. He can still work it out. We've sung about it. He can turn things around. Even in the bad times. Romans 8. Same chapter. Verse 28. says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Yep, you may be walking around that wall and it hasn't fallen. But it's working within God's plan. Even the difficult times, even the, the bad situations, he can work for his own good. And you might not see it yet. It's not until we look back over things that we see God's hand. You see, a lot of the things that we look for are temporal. But God doesn't only work on a temporal basis. He works on a spiritual and eternal basis. And some of the things that are happening in our life, we want to see results for. And we're saying, God, are you for me? I can't see anything happening. But yet... He is working spiritually, and he's working eternally within the plan for your life. Sometimes we don't see those spiritual things. Sometimes we don't feel them. Sometimes we don't see the eternal things, and we don't fully understand all the good that's coming out of a situation which we think is bad. Let me give you a a quick example, and I'm going to use my mam again. As an illustration, is that all right, ma'am? Yeah, she said yeah. When she was ill. Seriously ill. We were wondering, where is God's plan in this? What's happening? Why isn't he doing it now? You know, we are praying this and it's not happening. And, and we are looking at the temporal things. But we weren't realizing the spiritual and eternal things that were happening within that plan. And I've, I've shared this with you before. The times that we stood there around ma'am's bed and prayed. The times that we shared with the nurses and the doctors that we are Christians and we believe in prayer. And we believe God is healing her and will heal her. And began to speak to nurses. It, I only found out later on that some of those nurses were going to, up to other people who they knew were Christians going, I never say anything like that, never heard anything like that before. You see, we're looking at the temporal, but God has got a plan, and he's working spiritually in somebody else's life because of the situation that's in your life. You see, God's plan is bigger than just me and you. And sometimes we don't see what God is doing. And we are questioning God, and he's saying, you don't know everything. You don't know that I'm using you to speak to him. Wonder if that guy went into that library that morning knowing that he was going to speak to Dylan? Probably didn't. You see, God uses us in situations because He's got a bigger plan than just me and you. He's got a big, He's got a plan for other people around us in our in our world, and it's a spiritual plan and it's an eternal plan because He oversees us here on this earth, and if He is for us. Who can stand against us? We only tend to focus on the temporal, don't we? The here and now. But God's plan is bigger. He's for us. And then finally, I want to finish with this. This point's a bit longer than the other two, so don't get too excited. As I was preparing this, I thought, I want to get God into perspective here because we we can easily talk about God and this God. Let's get God into perspective. He oversees us for eternity and in eternity. He oversees us while we're in time. But let's get him into perspective. He is the creator of the universe, the cosmos, everything, everything that exists. He created Genesis 1, of course, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens, that's everything, and the earth. Colossians 1, verse 15 to 17. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him, all things were created, things in heaven, And on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. God, this God, the God of the universe, is for you. I don't know about you, but sometimes we, we downsize him, don't we? And we almost make limit him to our human limitations and our emotions and our feelings. And we try to contain God into that human form. He blows that out of the water. So many times we cannot fathom our creator, God. We cannot downsize him. And I want to come into this year thinking, if God is for us, if God is for me, this is the God who created the universe. He's for me. He's on my side. I'd love to have got that video video, prepared for today, I, which I, I didn't get it. It's the one where... They did the one with the body, didn't they? And they did the one with the universe. Who is it? Louis Louis Giglio. Louis Giglio. And it just shows how awesome the universe is. It'll blow your mind. And how beautiful God's creation is. That's right. There's, there's, and it's, it's, it's so beautiful. Maybe we'll get that and show that one day. But this is the God who cares for you. This is the God who who's got you. This is the God who's on your side. Solomon said this in 1 Kings 8 and verse 7, but will God really live on earth? Why, even the highest heavens cannot contain him. The highest heavens can't contain this God that's on your side. David said, Psalm 19 verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. The universe cries out. I love it when God talks to Job in the latter part of Job. The last few, three chapters I think it is. When Job actually questions God. And God says back to him, great few chapters if you want to read them. The rest is pretty hard going, mind. But the last few chapters are great. God says to Job, Are you questioning me? He said, Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth, when I hung the stars on nothing? And God just goes on and on saying, Where were you when I created this? Where were you when I did this? When, this, when the heavens and the stars sung, where were you? And Job's going, Oh, oh okay. Point taken. But God didn't stop. He just kept on and on. Who do you think you are? Wow. I've been reading that recently for something else I'm preparing. It just makes you realize how tiny and insignificant we are. But yet this God of the universe is for us. He's for you. Can you see him in creation? You know, science today says that There is design in creation. There is a purpose. It's mathematical. There is order in the universe. It obeys certain laws. It's organized. Everything works together. It's not just chaos. In fact, the first person to coin the phrase, the Big Bang, was an astronomer called, I got it written down, Fred Hoyle. 1949, in a, in a lecture. He didn't agree with it, he was, he, but he mentioned it. A lot of scientists and, uh, and astronomers wouldn't talk about the Big Bang. Do you know why they wouldn't talk about the Big Bang? Because it sounds too much like creation. Amen. But now, they are talking about it. Now they say there is a design. Now they say there is a purpose, although they would deny it's God this God created everything. The God of the universe is my God. He's for me. He's your God. He speaks up for you. In the form of the Holy Spirit. And, and in, in the form of Christ standing before him. With those nail prints in his hands and his feet. And, and the spear mark in his side. He intercedes for you. You don't have to speak up before God on your own. He says, I will do it for you. I will represent you. No wonder David wrote these words. I love these and I'm going to finish with this. Psalm 8 verse 3 and 4. Perhaps we'll finish with that song that we ended our worship with earlier. Because he is for us. This is what the psalmist said. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind? What are we? Who are we that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you should care for them. This God of the universe, when you stand there, I think the other night there was supposed to be in a meteor shower, wasn't there? Did you see it? And I stood outside for a little while because it was a clear sky. I thought, wow, this is amazing. All these stars. And this is what the psalmist must have been doing. He was going, God, you created all this. But yet you're mindful of me. You're my God. You're for me. He's concerned with you. He's mindful of you. He cares for you. And if he cares for you, who can stand against you? Let's end with that, that song. And as we come into this new year, let's have this attitude of God is for us. God is for me. No matter what lays ahead, no matter what is in store, no matter what I'm going through, whether I'm in the valley or on the mountaintops, My God, the God of the universe, is for me. He's not against me.